Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast. My name is Monty Warden. My guest today is Filippo Antonelli. Filippo is the owner of the Antonelli San Marco Winery in the Montefalco region of Umbria in Italy. Welcome, Filippo. Thank you. Welcome. So give me a little bit about your family history. Which generation are you? The 85th generation? Or no, the first just generation? the fourth generation. The fourth? The fourth generation, but actually I'm the first one, first generation directly involved in winemaking. So you, and you're the fourth generation. So what, what were the previous three generations doing? Is a, it was a family of lawyers. I've interrupted five generations of lawyers and decided to be a farmer. Did your parents try and make you become a lawyer? My father was hoping I was becoming a lawyer, but at the end he was happy. I was taking care of this estate that everybody was really in love of this estate, all the generation. My great-grandfather bought it. My family is originally from Spoleto. Spoleto is uh, in Umbria, is one of the most important towns in Umbria, especially at the time of the Vatican State before uh, they, they made the Italian Kingdom. It was even more important than Perugia and is an historical town, a uh, place of where the Longobard they settled and the last place where the Longobard stayed. We, we always like to get the Longobards in, into an interview on the Italian Wine Podcast. We love we love the Longobards. Yeah, so <laughs> we, also our estate was owned by Longobards Dukes. So when were they around the Longobards? This was uh, 11th century, 12th century, and then the estate belonged for about six centuries to the Bishop of Spoleto. Also the house, our house was a kind of summer residence of the Bishop. And then when they made the Italian Kingdom, they took away from the Pope all this estate and they sold out. And the Pope used to excommunicate people buying his properties, so we had some troubles with the church. So you were excommunicated? No, actually... There was also at the time an Italian way to manage the... There's always been Italian way. Okay, <laughs> yes. glad to see that that hasn't changed. Okay, so that's the history. So how did you become involved and when did you... How old were you when you took over? I decided to study agriculture at the university in Perugia, so... So you were, what, 20 years old, 18 or...? I am 58 years old, so I finished this high school in 1979 and went to the university. I took a degree in agriculture, not specialised in winemaking, so I studied about everything in agriculture and then uh, I made my military service it was obliged at the time to do the military service so I started in 1985 to work at the estate and so it's more than 30 years. What's changed since then? When you took over, how big was the estate? Has it stayed the same size? No, now it's bigger, but uh, so it was 160 hectares, now it's 190. But what is mostly a change is that the vineyards at that time, they were just six hectares. Now they are about 50 hectares. So what other crops did you grow at the time when you took over? There were already olive trees, groves, and we still have olive trees. And then at that time, there were also cows, uh, the Chianina raise the white cow to do the Fiorentina steak, but now we don't have any more. But now we have pigs. We are growing some pigs. For uh, prosciutto? For prosciutto and salami and all this stuff. Is that just for the family or do you, do you sell the pigs? No, we also sell, but it's uh, just 50 pigs uh, eating acorns. They're free around the wood. And then we cultivate some chickpeas and spell that we also use in the kitchen. We have a kitchen where we do cooking classes and tasting wine pairings all this stuff. We have an agritourism with six apartments, also for 
wine tourism. So you really got the complete package, haven't you? You can yeah. stay there. I, I can... like to, not just to cultivate vines, I like the estate to be alive, uh, also with some animals and chain turning, also the production. The estate is organic, certified since 2012. And so, so that's the, for everything, that's for the pigs? Everything is organic. Was it difficult to getting organic? I mean, I know you were quite organic beforehand, weren't you? So. We were almost, but not, it's not was not the same. So it's it's difficult when it's a big estate. It's not as easy if it's a small estate. But we managed, we made some experience. Uh, and now I think it's everything is much easier. Did your employees like the change or did they find it more complicated? They were not so happy. 50-50, yeah? yeah. Were they afraid of losing their jobs? Oh, the crazy boss is taking us organic we're all yeah. going to starve no it's just that it's more tricky to to manage the vineyards because you must have a balance in the vineyards and you don't have uh, chemicals to spray so to have safe grapes you must take more care of the vineyards so there is more manual work so how much did your labour cost costing increase normally when I ask producers they normally say they have like maybe another 10% extra cost yeah, maybe, you know, Sagrantino has has a lot of leaves uh, and a lot it's quite of bunches. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's vigorous. So, Sagrantino is much more tricky than Sangiovese or Cabernet Sauvignon or Merlot. So, there is, but then when you find the balance, it goes bad every year because we, then we don't need to cut to do green pruning. Uh, so, in, in the long term, I think it won't be so tough. It's a lot of bureaucracy, of course, a lot of people, a uh, piece of papers to. To be to right, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting you talk about the vigour of the vines, that with organic practices, once the the fertiliser, the salt fertilisers, the soluble fertilisers have, have sort of disappeared, the vine vigour becomes less problematic and then it's much easier, as you said, you can prune more quickly, yeah. you have less work to do, trimming shoots. Have you seen a difference in the phenolic ripeness of the grapes because of that? This is tough to find because, you know, every year there are so many factors that change, no, that... Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's tough to tell if it's due to being organic or not. In some is fermentation a bit easier? Fermentation, it, it's easy, yes. Problem is, the problem we are having in these last years is that we have too much uh, sugar, too much alcohol. So this is what we are trying to manage. Uh, also because reducing too much the production. I think we overdid in the past to reduce too much. Uh, on the other side, you have too much alcohol. You yeah. have a very good standard every year. Maybe in the past it was one year good one year bad but else, it's but more now, consistent now you're yeah saying. now it's more consistent but the alcohol is is one of the problems not only due to the global warming but also because the, the density of vines per hectare is higher than in the past uh, and the production is lower so they concentrate all this the the energy on few grapes are you using any cover crops sowing things between the row plants between the row yes we do some so what do you what do you what are you using using cereal crops like barley depending Depends on the on the vineyards. If there is a lot of, uh, if it is weak vineyard, we give more. How do you say legumes? Uh, so family, nitrous, yeah, so nitrogen. Or cereals. So if it if it is with a lot of uh, energy, the vineyard. So it's not the same recipe. So you're really tailoring your cover crop regime yeah. according to the. Yeah, this is the interesting point to me that leads you to get better grapes in terms of quality because you take care of differently of every single vineyard. I have four kids. I say it's not every kid needs the same. One kid needs uh, an extra pullover. One kid needs to eat a little bit more. And so if you go with chemicals, you give the same to all the kids. All the, all Is it the more fun when, the, when you're doing the harvest? Are you really seeing a much bigger difference now in, in terms of flavor profile from each plot because you're farming them individually? Are you yes. really picking that up in the wine? Yeah. Is 
it, is it more fun though now? Being it's more fun and it's more stressful. It's, it's interesting, more yeah. And it's it's good to have different expression of the of the grapes. What about the um, in terms of we always think about Sacramentino as a very tannic grape. Have you found it easier the extractability of tannin now that you've gone organic? Is it do you have to do less pumping over, less maceration to extract the same amount of polyphenols as you were uh, before? Actually, or? our problem is opposite. We don't want to over extract because Sacramentino has so much structure that historically our idea of wine of Sacramentino is not to over extract. So the and the, the, the polyphenols they are released very quickly because they are mostly in the skins not in the seeds and so in the first days they are immediately released the point is and what we are doing now is doing longer and longer skin contact even two three months because doing this you get more balance and more you get smoother tannins yeah smoother tannins and the point is the real difference now is that we harvest when tasting the the skins they are ripe and so is the ripeness of the tannins is really different now so you're picking on Compa- on ripeness of of tannin rather than just on sugar levels yeah sure we don't look very much to sugar or acidity now much more to the tannins so you've obviously done a lot of work in the vineyard if i if i gave you a magic wand like I was a magician, I said, I'll give you one extra thing for your vineyard. What would it be? Would it be more more workers? Would it be a new type of machinery or changing some of your soil type? What would you do if I gave you a magic wish? Um, I would say it's what we are doing now. We have just enlarged the estate because we were looking for some east exposition. Cooler, cooler sites. Yeah. Because we have mostly south and west, which were supposed to be the best. But now with the global warming, some years they are very good. But some years, that's why now we have just bought a new estate in the mountain, very steep. How high? And it's 450 meters, but it's very steep and east facing. So you get the sun in the morning and we, we will make a very, I think, elegant segment. We have already experienced this grape and we like very much that exposition. So what's the altitude of the main vineyard? Between 50. 300 and 400. Our so highest in is 400. That's still quite high though, isn't it? Yeah, but we are, we are on the top of a hill. So very very sunny spot. So what about your main, apart from Sagrantino, what do you make? The biggest production is Montefalco Rosso, which is a blend mostly Sangiovese and Sagrantino. And then we do Grechetto. But now what we are focused in and very enthusiastic on is Trebbiano Spoletino. Trebbiano Spoletino is not a clone of the big family of Trebbiano. It's a specific grape variety, very typical of this area from Spoleto, which was almost disappeared because Grechetto took the place of Trebbiano Spoletino. And now there is a renaissance for this grape and it's very interesting grape uh, and we are with a very potential of aging lung potential aging and so we are working a lot on Trebbiano Spolitino we are doing a regular Trebbiano Spolitino fermented in large oak barrels of Austrian oak and now we will do a single vineyard with a very long skin contact in ceramic vats so will that be like an orange wine? It's on the family, but it's, it's not oxidized because we keep also the CO2 from the fermentation. We don't. We, we made an eight-month skin contact, so it's very long until June. But the wine is not at all uh, oxidized. What so. are the main flavors in that then, from the Spolitino, Trebbiano Spolitino? Trebbiano Spolitino is particular because have both some, uh, you can get both on the nose and on the taste, on the palate, some yellow fruit, like tropical, and some green fruit for freshness. 
A nice combination. Yes. When you leave it on the skins for so long in the ceramic containers, is there not a risk of um, getting a wine with very low acidity? Is Tobias Politina quite an acidic grain? It is, it is. Okay. has a good acidity, so there is not this problem. We were worried about being orange oxidized, but the wine is, is clean. As, because I like this the, the orange wine, the natural wine, but it must be clean and without being natural, organic or orange doesn't mean that the wine must taste bad or smell badly to me. Yeah, I'm 100% in agreement. Any other news? Any other plans? Plans? There is this new plan on Tribiano Spolitino and the production of uh, coal cuts, which is quite recent. So when you talk about that, that's the, those are the pigs, right? Yes. When you say they live in the forest, what kind of trees are in the forest? Mostly oak. And they're eating the acorns, are they? They're eating, eating mostly acorns. So the oak is the evergreen oak, Justo? No, 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 it's not the evergreen. It's, uh, it's another oak, uh, it's called Robert or Farnia is not the oak suitable for wood barrels. In Italy, unfortunately, we don't have this kind of, uh, of oak. It's a huge oak. Uh, so, and they're completely free, or they're like little zones where they, where they no, can go? No, they cannot, they have a zone because we mustn't let the wild boars get in. Sometimes they get in, but this is forbidden. So what, you, you fence off different areas, do you? We, we also move them. We have different places so that the soil can rest, the, the grass can grow again and then we, we turn them and in some periods we, at the end we also feed a little bit with our cereals and legumes fava beans yeah what's interesting about your estate is um i know you're you've gone organic now um with the polyculture that you have all the different crops plus the presence of the animals and the wilderness the kind of forest as well um, you're using your land but you're not depleting your land you're using it and, and enhancing it because you presume you have a lot of animal manure for compost and things like that so yeah it's a very biodiverse and very productive farm that you have i mean yes. you don't look like a farmer you look like a lawyer if i met you <laughs> oh, this is, i'm selling my house i need a conveyance and it's like a you and you're going to arrive and you're going to do all the legal documentation <laughs> i'm not going to talk pigs and uh, and compost and things like that with you so i mean was it were you were you always like that as a kid were you very i used to spend september here beginning of october because the school was starting very late at that time so harvesting the grapes also here and during this people this period i was really happy here so i decided at the end of the high school to become a farmer and it's good to have this mix but this mix is also an heritage to the structure of the farms here. Uh, so it was this kind of contract called mezzadria, which was means crop sharing with the farmers. So the farmers, they needed some olive oil, some cows, some uh, wheat to do bread or pasta, and some wine to be happy. And so that's why the estate was divided, and we kept this diversity. And it's also good because you can choose the best places for the vineyards, and not just vineyards everywhere. Yeah, the best place for each crop. So the pigs yeah. are in the forest, the vineyards yeah, are on the, exactly. on the sunny sides. Yeah, doing this is also easier to be organic because if the vineyards are in the bottom of the valley it's a bit more risky and tough to have safe grapes yeah I remember trust trying your wine I think um, not too long ago I didn't know about your polycultural how the actual estate was was set up but your wines really do taste different particularly the everyone talks about Secolentino being very tannic um, but your wines aren't and I'm sure that's to do with the fact that you've got this um, you've got a mentality where you have biodiversity and you really know what you're doing with all the different parts of your estate it really comes through in your wine 
line. This is good. You know, and I think having met you last time, I thought um, the whole issue about Sagalentino is, oh, it's tannic, and everyone's, oh, it's tannic, we don't know what to do, it's tannic. It's also you true mean- that in general, I say, in, in, in the area, the Sagalentino vines are all young because we had this boom at the end of the 90s, beginning of 2000s, so everybody arrived here and planted, and then it takes 15 years, and then we release the wine after five years. So I believe that in general, the next vintages of Sagrantino, they will be more and more approachable and uh, with some balance. Uh, also, the, the farmers, the winemakers, they know more and more. So it, it takes time. Yeah, so you Important were... areas, they don't grow very fast. Sagrantino is an historical area. We have a long tradition since the Roman time, 1500, blah, blah, blah. But in terms of uh, quality, is a very young area, as most of the Italian areas, except Piedmont because it's close to France. Let's close to France. Yeah, we didn't say it was once part of France, but Savoy, we're not going to talk about that. Okay. No, it's very optimistic. Um, and I think what you said is, is right, that Sacalentino is entering um, a phase of less experimentation and more maturity. People are more sure of what they're doing. It's not an easy grape to work with. You've obviously got a little bit more experience than most. Filippo Antonelli from the Antonelli San Marco Winery. If you are in Umbria and you have one winery to visit, this would be the winery that I would recommend anybody go and visit because there's lots to see and um, just the different smells, all the different crops visually it's a beautiful estate and I think you make also fantastic wine that are, are different to many of the other um, Sagalentini is that right Sagalentini yes so uh, Antonelli San Marco I'm now going to work as your publicity manager <laughs> and uh, you can give me a six figure salary anyway sure. uh, Filippo thank you very much for coming thank you and hopefully get you back on the podcast sometime. maybe we, we'll do a podcast on location and go and um, chase those pigs and tell the wild boar to, to disappear when we're recording good how about that Great nice for you. Ciao. Nice thanks a lot you. Filippo ciao Follow Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook and Instagram.